this inflationary um, season that we are in is is much more impactful and people are feeling it, tasting it, and it's, it's painful. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Well, hello and welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement. He's Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach over Black Oak Asset Management. Today we're, we're taking a look at an article we saw on USA Today about three murky issues that have made retirement planning uh, even more difficult and harder for people today. We're going to kind of run through those and, and try to clear them up a little bit. But uh, we have some key takeaways from that article, which we'll put in the show notes as well. So you can check it out there. Ryan, I was uh, I was just I have a, a TV in my office, so I'll, I'll usually watch sports on there most of the time. But the other day I was flipping around and, and came across the movie uh, Two for the Money. Did you ever see that with Al Pacino and, and um, Matthew McConaughey, the betting movie? I sadly know because it would probably be right up my alley, but I have not seen that, and I need to. Yeah, I, I just came up, and I and I remember seeing it. I can't believe it's it's seventeen years old already. It's two thousand five, <laughs> but I thought I was just thinking about the way that that sports betting's changed, you know, across Georgia and across the country. It's such a different time period, but it got me thinking: Is there any movie that you ever see on that you just have to stop and watch? Yeah, I mean, there's probably a few that make that list, and, and I think the the movie depends on the amount of time that uh, that I have just to like caught and be mesmerized for a few hours. But usually, the first movie that pops in my head is Shawshank. Um, yeah, you know that comes on so often, but I mean, it's it's just. I don't know if it's Morgan Freeman's mesmerizing voice narration, or I, I don't know. I mean, obviously the the content is 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 awesome but man if, if that movie's on i mean i even try to like squeeze scenes in because some of it is completely not appropriate for kids <laughs> um but i'll even squeeze in if i see it on and my kids are downstairs with me i'm like oh this is like five minutes worth i can they can watch like this part <laughs> mm-hmm. and then i got then i gotta turn it but if it's by myself yeah i mean you could probably throw Saving Private Ryan in there, but that's uh, that's a three plus block of time that yeah. I usually just don't have time for. <laughs> but I'll catch a few scenes of it. But I would definitely say Shawshank's at the top of that list. Yeah, that's a good one. I, it's usually like comedies for me. I'm, I'm a big Adam Sandler fan, so whenever <laughs> one of his movies are on, I can just I can just hop in it and start watching it. But it's always <laughs> interesting. We all we all have our own that we we enjoy. But Shawshank's a good one. I think I don't know. If I've, I've ever talked to anybody that didn't like that movie. Oh, it's it's great. I mean, I think I think one of our questions before on the show was like, who would be who would you know like narr if you had your life was a movie yeah. and who would be the narrator? I'm like Morgan Freeman. Of I course, mean, duh. Yeah, he narrates everything. He's the best narrator out there, no doubt. Well, that's cool. Uh, let's jump into our topic today. And again, we're going to put it up online. If you haven't uh, checked out the website, please do blackoakam.com. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session there online as well, plus some other resources that you can access and all of our podcasts we put up there as well. But this USA Today article, it's in the show notes. Check it out. Uh, they point out three murky issues that increase retirement planning's degree of difficulty, especially with everything we're dealing with 
in today's economic climate, as you're well aware of. And I want to kind of break this down a little bit and kind of get your reaction to some things that are in here, Ryan, and, and see what you think. But some of the key points uh, first to start with, this is written by Christy Bieber of The Motley Fool. You might have heard of that publication, uh, very popular. She, she bases her three murky issues off a recent report from the Insured Retirement Institute, which surveyed adults about their readiness for their later years in life. And Ryan, it found out that millions of Americans are lacking just some basic knowledge to achieve a successful retirement. Were you surprised by that? Uh, not, no. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was, but obviously doing this long enough, I mean, I've been doing this 10 years now, and it's there's so many pieces to the puzzle that people don't realize that could be that that's you can get caught up in the minutia, but there are some high level things that you, you people just may not think about. And, and I don't think it's, uh, I think a lot of it may be just ignorance as well. It, it's not stupidity. People aren't in, in generally stupid. It's, it's these finances are things that a lot of people don't like to talk about, don't like to think about. And it just hopefully is one of those things that kind of takes care of itself and, and it doesn't. And so unfortunately, yeah, there's these, these three big takeaways that, that we're going to discuss today. I'm not shocked that they're in there now. You know, some of you may know, you know Motley Fool and, and go to that website and it, it's, I mean, they're great marketers. Don't get me wrong. They are a marketing machine. That's what they are. Let's, um, let's be, let's be honest. They're a marketing company. Um, mm -hmm. and, and yes, they do give good articles and sometimes they give the catchy, you know, click here for the next greatest, you know, Amazon stock that you don't know. So it's, it's clickbait, and, and, but that's everything. Everybody's after clickbait now, but they yeah. do have some good articles and I did like this one. All right, let's start off with the first murky point. The first takeaway here, Americans are just confused about how much income growth is needed to offset inflation. And this study showed that 26% of workers could correctly identify the level of income growth they need to offset inflation over time, uh, which that's pretty crazy low. Only one quarter of Americans uh, could identify that income growth. Do you find your clients are, are properly prepared for inflation before they meet with you? I wouldn't say before. Um, and it, it is, inflation is kind of the silent killer of people's portfolio, especially if we have a, a person who comes in the office and they're in their lower 50s and they want to retire, you know, at whatever age, let's just call it mid, mid 60s, late 60s. Well, they kind of think in today's dollars, which is fine. Like we tell them to don't, don't try to calculate this on your own. Our job is to calculate what that income needs going to be. But in today's dollars, like what kind of income would you like to see? And whatever that number is, $8,000 a month, $10,000 a month, whatever that looks like. And then you inflate that up and we use a, a pretty average inflation rate, 3%, which we're not at right now. Um, it, it's painful right now. Do I think it'll sustain forever like this? No, I certainly hope not. <laughs> but but even if you use a consistent 3% inflation rate, uh, that means, you know, when you look at your income needs, you know, 15 years from now, you're creeping up on almost like double what that is going to be. Um, you know, you can, you can always use the, you know, the rule, the age old rule 72. So if you use a 3% inflation rate, you're talking every 24 years, your money's going to double. Well, if you're in, you know, if you're in your lower fifties, you know, you're going to be in your seventies and that money you're going to need is going to be double of what, and, and you think in today's dollars, you go, no way, I'm not going to need $240,000 a year to live well 
you may <laughs> if inflation keeps going at the rate that it that it does and that's kind of a middle of the road projection so going into it in, in the eye-opening fact of what income needs will be just because of a little creeping three percent inflation each year and before you know it you look up and realize how painful uh, that or how impactful and painful <laughs> that could yeah. be to your income so i would say going in no most people don't so 26 percent in this study does not does not shock me at all well, I, I know we always we've talked about inflation. If anybody, you know, it, we we talk about it just in our day to day, right? The word the word is very familiar to a lot of people. But I don't know if anybody's really felt the impact of that in a while, as we are right now. I mean, even as we're recording this, I think inflation rate is up to seven point nine percent, so nearly eight mm-hmm. percent inflation rate. Do you find that like more people are aware of it now? Like we've been talking about it. Oh yeah, we know about it, but now they're like, oh, we we see what we need to be planning for. Hundred percent. I mean, it's in in food and gas prices are probably the most too impactful because those are the two things that everybody needs and and people spend money on all the time. So when you have certain items that you are going to have to purchase, now can you make adjustments and buy you know change up your grocery list and uh, you know not drive as much? Sure, but you're still going to use those things and an eight percent increase. And, and obviously, gas prices are an anomaly right now, and, and hopefully they are just an anomaly. But not you know not to get the politics side of it, but you know they always talk about you know, the middle class being squeezed out or, you know, paying more taxes and, and essentially it higher gas prices are a regressive tax. I mean, it's going to impact people who are paycheck to paycheck a whole lot more. That's not earth shattering information and it's a hundred percent true though. So whatever solutions the the people in DC try to figure out, that's that's beyond the scope of me and uh, I can't control that. <laughs> so right. I don't really worry about that, even though it is painful. My wife's car is a diesel and every time I go past the gas station, it's, <laughs> you know, it's even worse than what unleaded is. Uh. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a regressive tax. So it's taxing lower income families a whole lot more. Same with food prices. But uh, it's kind of funny. You don't hear the the political slants of all that kind of stuff at the same time, which, you know, you, you probably would otherwise. But so the, I do think the inflation's more in people's face now. I mean, they see it. It's branded on the side of every gas station along the road like you cannot get around it or cannot avoid it. So I do think this inflationary um, season that we are in is is much more impactful and people are feeling it, tasting it. And it's it's painful. Yeah, I feel for those uh, those parents that have kids that play travel ball. I know that's <laughs> that's going to be rough. You, you you're probably feeling that a little bit, huh? <laughs> I thought about for the first time. I did think about that the other day. I'm like, oh gosh, we gotta we gotta watch the geography of where <laughs> of where we play now. Um, yeah, you know, because hotels could even uh, go up Everything. as well. So <laughs> yeah, just got to be be mindful of that. All right. So the first first takeaway here, you know, obviously, we're very murky on how much income we're going to need offset inflation. Now, the second thing here in this article is that it gets murky about Social Security and around Social Security and the benefits because most people don't know how much Social Security will provide. So the survey found that less than half, about 42% of Americans, can correctly identify the average Social Security benefit, and a big chunk of them overestimate it, which makes it an even worse problem. I'm not shocked at this one either because – 
finding out what your social security benefit is not is not difficult. I know they don't mail those statements out anymore. If they do, you're in the minority of who actually receives that statement now because they have revamped the social security website. It used to be just an awful website, but now it's more intuitive. So go to ssa.gov, create a profile. It's a little bit, um, it's not just like any other website where you go in and create a login. Like they're going to ask you some questions because it is a federal government website that you're going to wonder where in the world do they know this information from? And you may not even know the information of, you know, what bank you took a loan out in 1994 to purchase a car. What bank was it? You know, it's, it's crazy what they ask. So anyway, once you, once you get in there and create that profile, I mean, it goes down to the month of, there's like a toggle bar at the bottom. So it, it, it brings up the basic ages, 62, whatever your FRA is or full retirement age for, for most people as we get older and older and older, that av- the uh, full retirement age is 60, age 67. And that's for people born after 1960. Anyone before then, it's going to be, uh, it's scaled essentially. Um, and then 70, 70, you can't go any further than that. At least as of today, they could change that. But 62, 67 and 70. But on that toggle bar, you can go down to the month. If you want to retire at 68 in two months, 63 in four months, I mean, it, it gives you what the expected amount is. So there's really no reason not to have an idea of what your social security benefit is. But no, it's it's amazing when we ask people that because for pre-retirees, we do, do a lot of income planning and, and that's a big piece of it, especially a married couple. I mean, you get two decent social security benefits and you're sitting at five, six grand a month, um, which is significant. I mean, that's a significant chunk of people's income. So then, you know, you, you can kind of tell when people are shooting from the hip and I don't expect them to log in all the time and see what their social security benefit is, but once a year, I mean, once, mm-hmm. once you file your taxes, kind of go midsummer and check and see what your new updated benefit potentially is based off of your earned income from the previous year and, and working history. But yeah, I mean, people kind of shoot from the hip. Oh, I don't know. It's 65. I think it's like two grand a month. I'm like, okay, they, they, <laughs> they don't know. I appreciate the guess and the estimation, but you know, 65, that's a Medicare age. Um, now you can claim social security at 65, but that's, that's not just kind of a line in the sand like Medicare is. Um, and and then just saying two grand a month, I'm like, okay, is it two grand? Is it 2,700? Like that's a big difference. $700 a month goes a long way, especially over the course of 25, 30 years. So uh, knowing that and, and knowing it to the dollar amount, you should know that, and especially for a married couple, there's so many different ways to claim and, and spousal benefit. And, you know, some people don't realize that a spouse can receive a, a benefit off the higher earning uh, spouse in the relationship. So then they'll get half. Anyway, just little nuances like that, that there's there's many people that don't know. But at the same time, when I see these stats and figures that, you know, that is job security for me, like that's stuff that I know and love and keep up with. And and I know people don't want to do this on a day in day out basis to keep track of this stuff. So that's where, you know, any, any advisor comes into play. So pretty fair to say that it's, it is one of the biggest mis- misconceptions in retirement planning is social security and the benefit, right? It is. It is. Cause like I said, I mean, you've got two uh, a married couple with two benefits that that's huge. And, yeah. and so that may help people out with, Oh, I need, you know, $2 million at retirement. Well, why do you need $2 million at retirement? If, if you need, 
eight grand a month and six of it is your social security benefit, you don't need $2 million in, in, in the nest egg just to create that $2,000 a month in, in income. Now, there's nothing wrong with shooting for a goal of 2 million bucks, but don't prolong your working life if that's what you're shooting for without a plan and knowing what kind of income your investments uh, create. But let's go to social security first. And, and I can argue with people all day long on, oh, social security is going to be there. Social security, I mean, that's a completely different topic of, of, of conversation. Mm-hmm. I do think it's going to be there. Now, could it be, again, reduced benefits? Yes. Could it be, do they tax us more throughout our working life? Yes. Do they push the retirement age back? Yes. There's going to be changes to it. I just don't know what those are. But to, to completely not count something for it in a retirement plan, I think is is irresponsible not to include it. All right. So that's the second murky situation around retirement planning right now. The third are withdrawal rates. And the the study found that half of Americans weren't sure how much they could take out of investment accounts. And then most of them couldn't figure out a safe rate to take out of their accounts while not worrying about running out of money later in retirement, which is obviously the big concern. So the, the murky part here is that these withdrawal withdrawal rates are just a mystery to so many people. Yeah. And obviously the, the old 4% rule, that's, that, that's almost taboo now. I mean, most people, you can kind of generally say, oh, 4%, whatever my uh, you know income amount or whatever my nest egg amount is, I can take 4% out. Okay. That, that may work. That may not work. But the old four percent rule started, and when you know bonds were yielding seven, eight percent, they don't do that anymore. Um, so there's a lot of experts in our industry that are their estimations are closer to two point eight to three point eight percent, not the four. So I mean, there's so many different ways to look at this. I mean, the withdrawal rate is 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 a quandary right now because you have inflation running at seven. And then, so if people try to keep up with inflation, they may be taking on too much risk because they're chasing a return, which means in times like now, when the you know your account may be down twelve percent since the beginning of the year, you know you may feel the pain and the worry of oh my gosh, I got to keep up with inflation, so I got to invest in the stock market, but the stock market is going backwards right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a delicate balance and a delicate mix of it, but. Withdrawal rates uh, can be difficult, but a lot of it, again, goes back to taxes, what type of account you have these funds in. You know, because of your taxable income rate, you may not need a high, as high of a withdrawal rate as you think because you're not paying the government a certain portion of it. So, and again, going back to Social Security, it's taxed uh, a little bit different. So depending on how much your Social Security benefit is for you and or your spouse, it goes back to that last example I said. If six grand's coming in a month of Social Security and you need eight for an income, well, your withdrawal rate's going to be really small uh, compared to what you need on a monthly basis. So that's you know you're going to need twenty four thousand dollars a year from your investments. Well, depending on what your nest egg is, that could be two percent. Um, you know that could be a smaller amount of what your nest egg really really is. So. Navigating that water, what waters, what investments to pull out of each month. I mean, our our retirees, we look at we look at it each month. All right, where's that income coming from? What investments do we need to sell? Which investments uh, do we need to um, maybe hold on to because they're they're getting kicked in the teeth a little bit more? What accounts do we pull from? So all those things you got to take into consideration because if you're diversified, there's going to be certain things that are doing well. 
and certain things that aren't. Right now, there's not a whole lot doing well. Unless you're in energy and commodities, <laughs> yeah. there's not a whole lot doing well as we sit today. Um, but you have to just know where that money comes from. Maybe you keep some in cash for these days like this where you can pull your income off uh, in a cash account. So a lot of things to, to think about, but the withdrawal rate, there's no 4% rule anymore. I, I completely disagree with it because it could be higher. I mean, the last two years, the market's done so well, people's withdrawal rate. I'm like, that's house money. Like if we're projecting a certain rate of return and you got double that, okay, let's go take a vacation or, or go do something you've been wanting to do. That's house money. Let's take that off the table if you want and spend it if you need to. And then, you know, may have to cut back in times where the market's down. So there's always going to be adjustments that need to be made. Yeah. Would you say that this, this is the big three of murky financial situations or is there anything else that you maybe would swap in on this list? I like these three. Obviously, you can. The fourth one I would say you would add in there would be healthcare cost. Yeah. It's really hard to pinpoint that because we don't know if we're going to need it. Um, we're going to need something. It's just some people need a whole lot more, and, and then some, you know, never never need it because they may have a, a an abrupt quick death. Uh, you just don't know. There's so many unknowns when it comes to healthcare costs, and we don't know how healthy the Medicare system is. I mean, that's under, you know, people talk about Social Security. Well, Medicare is right there with it um, as far as the funding. And, and it's going to take a larger portion of the federal budget each and every year. So definitely health care costs because there's so many paths you could go down in that one. Do we buy long-term care insurance? Do we buy an annuity? Do we buy this? I mean, there's so many different ways to, to try to to try to fund that. Do we buy a life insurance policy that has a you know, a, a rider on it that can use it for, for long-term care. So I would definitely say healthcare issues and costs would be that number four takeaway, that number four murky takeaway. Gotcha. Is there any kind of just generally speaking, any, any approach that you take on these to, to help bring clarity or is it just a matter of getting in and diving into the numbers and, and really working through the plan for with someone? I think a good advisor, if people are using one, they they make this as simple as possible because there's it's very complex. But taking the complexity of people's financial situation and make it as clear and concise as possible, because I've seen people come in my office and they go, oh, I got this free report from such and such you know, financial group. And it's like 87 pages long. Like no one's going to look at that. Not, you know, you just, yeah. we've gotten those things before, whether it's a financial plan or, or, you know, weight loss, workout regimen, whatever it may be. And you just go, oh, that's cool. And then you just put it away and never look at it. But we just try to keep, keep it as simple as possible. Take those complex issues, these murky issues that we're, that we're dealing with and keep it simple. Um, give them just a few pages here or there. I mean, we, when we do an income plan, we do, we keep it on one sheet of paper. Uh, we try to keep it as, as clear as possible, different sources of income, what that looks like, how that lays out. Are we short of our goal? Are we ahead of our goal? And, and, and people usually love it because it's one sheet of paper and they can reference that over and over and over again. And we continually update it. Uh, we change it because uh, each year is different. Rates of return are different. Inflation is different. Taxes are different. And we constantly update that. So keeping uh, keeping it simple. So when you keep it simple, it's more actionable. 
Keep it simple. That is the name of the game. All right. Well, if you want to read through this USA Today article, you can do so. This in the show notes. You can find it there. And, uh, give, you know, if you have thoughts on it or have additional questions about it, feel free to reach out to Ryan and his team. BlackOakAM.com. That's the website. You can schedule a retirement coach 360 session there. Or you can call them directly at 470-508-0508. I right, got one mailbag question I want to throw your way before we get out of here today, Ryan. It came in from Doug in Chattanooga. He says, I don't like my 401k investment options, but my company says I'm not eligible to roll the money to an outside account. I know people have moved their 401k in the past, so how does that work? So you may have you may have a couple options, uh, Doug. With your 401k, and, and this is not uncommon, um, 401k options may not be great. <clears throat> I've seen some companies, 401k options are awesome, and I'm like, leave it there. But then I've seen some, even like big companies, you're thinking, wow, <laughs> they don't have more options than this or better options than this. Who's Who's taking a look at this stuff? So Doug, if you have ever in your current 401k, if you ever rolled any money into the plan, maybe you rolled an old 401k into this, um, that money is allowed to be rolled out to your own IRA. So if you moved $50,000 from a previous employer, you can back out that $50,000, no taxes, no penalties. Just make sure if it's a pre-tax account, it goes from a pre-tax, excuse me, in your 401k pre-tax to a um, traditional rollover IRA, and you're totally allowed to do that. The next component is called a in-service distribution. So IN with a dash service, in-service distribution. So you need to check your eligibility. Every plan is a little bit different. Um, and so there's not a rule across the board on in-service distribution. So an in-service distribution is where you are allowed to move money out of your current 401k to an IRA. Uh, But every plan has different provisions. Some say at 65, anyone can roll over their provisions, excuse me, their contributions. Uh, Some will say, you know, 80% of your dollar amount, you can roll out to an IRA. Some will say at 55, you can, or some will say only your contributions can be rolled out. None of the matching dollars. So check with your plan document or plan summary on your login with your 401k. There should be a document section and it may be a painful, you know, 75 page document, but just look at the table of contents and see if there's a section called in-service distributions. And if they allow it and your options are terrible, then yes, (laughs) excuse me, your investment options are terrible then absolutely roll that thing over to a traditional IRA. Or if you have Roth money in there, roll that portion to a Roth IRA. But we've done plenty of these before. But usually when you get older, it's just across the board. They allow in-service distributions. But if you're younger, Doug, and I don't see your age on here. If you're younger, then your hands may be tied uh, with the exception of that rollover amount that I talked about. But if you can't get a clear answer online, talk to somebody, uh, HR, which uh, it depends depends on your HR department, uh, how well versed they are in it, or there should be some advisory group on your 401k plan where you can call them or the custodian uh, who holds your 401k, you should be able to call them and they should be able to tell you if you can do an in-service distribution or not. All right. Very good. Thank you for that, Doug. Again, reach out to Ryan, blackoakam.com, schedule 
your retirement coach 360 session there and you can really dive into it and uh, if you want to call or anybody wants to call ryan you can do so at 470-508-0508 so hopefully today we've cleared up some of the murky issues with retirement planning and how ryan approaches some of those today but if again if you have additional questions please don't hesitate ryan thanks for the time today yeah it was good topics thank you for listening to perfect game retirement got a new episode coming in a couple of weeks please subscribe to the show so i'll deliver it to you and we'll talk to you again then The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledner, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC, Black Oak Asset Management, and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.